Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, star seeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Hi, beautiful friends. Okay, I've got an awesome interview for you all today with the beautiful Maddie Grace Theory. She is the brilliant genius behind Goddess Support, which is an online oracular business management service. And I can personally give you a testimonial as to like the the wonder that is Mari because I work with her. So she is, she is the one that helped me organize my business and get it into a flow so that I can produce and create so much more. And I don't know, I mean, to all of you, I don't know if you feel like I produce and create more because, um, it might not seem like you've noticed an uptick, but factor in that I have a one-year-old. And I'm telling you that if I had not, first of all, if I didn't have a one-year-old, I'd just be blowing your socks off because Muddy's support is so incredible that I would be just like, pew, 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 pew. That's my creation sound. That's me launching creations out into the world. Um, But because I have a one-year-old, she has been totally instrumental to me in being able to even maintain this podcast or this business at all whatsoever. So I love her. I'm eternally thankful to her. She is like, like chef's kiss, like, like, oh, just incredible. She changed my life when she came in to work with me. She is also the third leg of the priestess transmissions, um, stool as we call it like what what we created together i i co-authored the book with amron i channeled the priestess transmissions amron helped to turn it into a book and madi was like the the brilliance behind the scenes of pulling it all together and navigating like the all the technical fucking details that go into creating a business anyway I'm so excited to share this interview with you today because I learned some things about Madi, even though we work together and like, you know, I share a lot of things with her. I mean, like I go to her for personal support when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling self-doubt, whatever, she's the person that I turn to. But she also shares things with me because, you know, sisterhood and whatnot. Uh, But still, like, you know, I... There's so much more that I don't know about her than what I do. And it was really, really beautiful getting a look, a deeper look into her her life experiences, her personality, how she has alchemized, you know, things that she's been through towards her awakening and how she really, like, she is so here to elevate people out of the false matrix, in particular women. She's just, she's a, uh, she's a goddess person. Um, but to, to help us emancipate ourselves through the false matrix by going into business for ourselves. Now I realize that going into business for yourself is not for everyone. I'm the only one in my family 
Well, that's not true. My sister has a business. Hers is a brick and mortar business. But um, my point is that like I am very and I'm very different from the people in my physical world. Everybody else in my physical world, apart from my sister, I suppose, um, has their own like they have a job. They have a job job. Uh, whether it's a menial job or more of a career job. And and I can see that it suits almost all of them. So not everybody is meant to go into business for themselves, but a lot of us are. And we hold ourselves back for a very long time because we just don't have the confidence. We don't know what's needed. We don't know where to start. And so Madi is... Um, she is like a person to turn to. She has so much integrity. She is never going to present herself in all these like bullshit flashy lifestyle ways that a lot of online business coaches do she's not going to try and wow you with like you know fake pictures of her amazing killer lifestyle while she's actually a hot mess behind the scenes and like yes I can attest to knowing multiple business coaches and online entrepreneurs that do that kind of thing she's she has integrity. She is an amazing, amazing person. And she just wants to elevate people and women into being master of their own schedule and their own creations. She loves to support people in doing that. But of course, we go into so much more. As I said, we go into like personal experiences that he, she had, her awakening story, so many things. And for the Patreon, Mari is sharing um, for the special bonus Patreon gift um, rather than a bonus, you know, secret episode. What we've decided to do is Mari is sharing a masterclass that she has recorded around pricing your work, which is so valuable because I mean, that's one of the biggest hurdles when if you decide like if you want to be a reader, you want to be a healer, you want to be um, a coach, a mentor. You want to guide people through sound journeys. You like, you know, whatever it is, there's so many things that we can do um, as, as healers going into business for ourselves. You want to be a content creator, whatever it is. We do have to navigate the realm of pricing. And that is a, a hurdle in and of itself, a big enough hurdle to keep people paralyzed and to keep them feeling like, oh my God, doesn't it just bring up all of our money wounds? Like all of the feelings of like, oh, but I need to, I need to make ends meet. I need to pay my rent. I need to be able to do this. But all the stories that we receive about how like if we have spiritual gifts, we should just give them away for free. Or if we love what we're doing, are we allowed to earn? Are we allowed to receive money for it? There's so many things that go into pricing. Um, and as I said, Mari is someone who is not, she's not here to just price gouge. She is here to bring value and help others see their own value. So this masterclass that she is sharing with um, my Patreon audience is like, oh, it is delicious and very, very, like it's super rich in value. So I hope you enjoy, I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you, you know, you listen to this and you hear she's launching a course right now called Goddess Status, which is amazing. And it is for you if you want to launch a business, you want to create a business. You're like, I want to do this. I want to, 
I don't want to be an employee or I still want to be an employee, but I really want to offer my services and I, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do the technical things. I don't know how to do the, you know, I don't know what I need. I don't know how to do website. I don't know how to do social media. I don't know how to do sales. How do I find clients? All the things. This is a course that you want. I promise you. I promise you. I will work with Mari forever. I love her so much. And if you listen to this and you're like, oh, that's my next step. That's for me. You can sign up through my affiliate link. I'm an affiliate for Mari. And what that means is that um, everybody who signs up through my link gets a, a special bonus um, where I am offering a like uh, my own masterclass where I talk to you about like the reality of what my business journey was all the way from the point where I thought I wanted a business to actually starting a business to receiving money, um, cobbling it together. Like I DIY'd it for a long time or it felt like a long time and it was so much work, but I'm so proud of it. I love what I created. I love what I created. And the things that I've learned along the way, my biggest tips, like what it realistically looked like for me, what what kind of money I was making, what kind of money I'm making now, my pricing journey, all the things. I'm um, sharing a masterclass where I go into my own personal journey, um, starting with a podcast and the Akashic Records and, a, and Soul Space and growing from there. So if you want that too, you sign up through my affiliate link and I get a little extra bonus kickback for, you know, bringing you all in. It's a win, 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 win. Um, body gets paid. I get paid. You get the amazing goddess status course. And I get, or you also get um, a bonus masterclass from me detailing the whole trajectory of my business journey and the most important tips that I learned along the way. Because I can tell you this, I'm not a business coach. That's what I'm not. I'm not created to be that, but I have a lot of business codes. I have a lot of business life codes that I've learned along the way, and I would love to share them with you. And what I genuinely want to see is your success. I truly do. I can feel a bunch of you out there. I know that you are meant to do this, and I know you're just scared, and I fucking want to see you do it. I want to see you survive and thrive and bloom radiating your brilliant gifts into the world. Okay, without any further ado, here is my conversation with the beautiful, amazing Mari Grace. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. Today I have with me my beautiful, amazing goddess sister, goddess priestess, sorceress sister, Mary Grace Theory affectionately known to all who are in her world at this level anyways as Mari. So Mari is actually like, well, you'll hear it in the introduction, obviously, because I'm going to give a big proper introduction, but she is, she is absolutely instrumental to everything that I create. And we've been working together for over a year. She is like the support person behind my business, behind my podcast, all of my channels, all of the emails go out that go out. Like, you know, she's the one that finds you links and shit when you can't find them. She's just like truly, truly a goddess and I adore her. But on top of that, she's also 
like so awake and so brilliant and just very, very like deep as a soul. So I personally am super excited for this conversation because I talk to Madi almost every day. I mean, some days like three days go by because I have kids, whatever, but we talk to each other weekly. So we know each other really well, but I still haven't heard Madi's awakening story. So Beautiful, Madi. Thank you so much for being here and giving us your time and your perspective. Welcome to Third Eye Awakening. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to finally get a chance to talk to your audience as myself. <laughs> I, I lose that too sometimes in your DMs. I'm like, you know, like, you know, giving, like you said, giving people links or helping people find things and other types of customer service but yeah I'm I'm excited to be here and of course I love you so much love being part of your world and <clears throat> yeah where to begin <laughs> it's always kind of funny when I tell people well, and I, why don't you go ahead well I was just gonna say it's always kind of funny when I tell people that my first, you know, quote unquote, spiritual awakening was when I was six years old and I was in church because the association is that it was probably related to church, but it was actually just where I happened to be. Yeah. So just a slight little bit of backstory. My mom is like super Christian still to this day. And so church has, was never optional growing up it was like get your ass to church that was the vibe like those exact words and so I remember when I was first of all I remember as a child well I'm a manifester in human design so I've always been kind of the rebel the one questioning everything questioning authority and all like like just anything that you can imagine like People either loved me or they hated me. That's kind of just what comes with having a manifestor aura, which obviously I've come to understand and love truly, but it was hard as a kid. So I was always questioning what's going on, like in Sunday school, even at a young age and adults would be like, you know, not happy about it. So, so I'm in church, my mom, like before church, people pray, they like kneel and they do the pray thing and so all I'm, I'm six, I'm just emulating when I see my mom do, but I'm too little to actually rest my elbows on the pew in front of me. So I actually am eye level with that, with that pew where, you know, my mom's got her elbows there. My eyes are what's there. So I had my hands there and I like leaned my face into the backs of my hand and pressed, you know, like my, so my eyes were kind of pressing there and I'm you know, in my head, I'm praying. And like, I literally went on a journey. Like, I just like, and, it, and, and I didn't really have context for it for a little while, but it, it obviously, you know, I, I did grow up to become an artist and try to portray what I, these visuals that I saw later in life. And it was just full-blown technicolor, swirling patterns, just you know, now what I know to see, like when you take psychedelic substances, usually the first thing that you quote unquote start to trip out on is actually your own eyes perceiving like the actual anatomy of your eyes, like your eyeballs, like your 
cells and everything like that. So now I have the context and I know that that's probably what I was seeing, but like to a small child, I was like, whoa, like it just blew my mind. And it became like my little, my little, I don't want to call it a guilty pleasure, but like when we would go to church, I was like, oh, it's time to put my hands and my eyes and go on my, go on my journey. <laughs> um, so that was just, and it, and it was not, it had nothing to do with church. And I remember like looking up and being like, yeah, like I'm having the experience here, like within myself. And I, and I knew then that it had nothing to do with that environment or those people or what was happening in the church besides the incense the incense was lit like literally and figuratively like i love that shit i definitely think that that helped with the journey if you know what i'm saying so yeah and it's just that's that was that was my first i i call it a spiritual awakening because i was very young it was very psychedelic in nature and it was a very young age to realize that I was having different experiences and different beliefs than my family, you know, than my parents might be authority in my life. I was like, yeah, don't align with your beliefs. Like I knew so deeply that I, and it's not even Jesus. It was more just the church, you know? So that's the first one in a nutshell. <laughs> That's amazing that you had that experience that you just like basically went on a little, well, not, I'm referring to you as little, but like a psychedelic journey as a little person. And I can totally, I imagine that, yeah, I would have been the same way. Like, oh, it's church time. And, but did you feel, I'm also not surprised because honestly, like I'm lucky. My dad was raised Catholic, but he left the Catholic faith himself he and all of his siblings they just left the faith and but he did it in a way that was very neutral so I never felt any of it imposing itself on me and I got to just look at the iconography when we went to visit his parents my grandparents and then other times when I you know would see Catholic iconography and I got to have my own pure relationship with it make my own meaning of it and I even though Catholicism is like hijacked as fuck, I feel the purity beneath it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I wasn't exposed to the hijacking, but I, I've always felt this like, you know, like rosaries feel so full of magic to me and the yeah little like the the sacred heart all these things feel really important and I so I can see how even being in that space as a little child like it could be very conducive to having that kind of experience did it feel connected like you said you knew it had nothing to do with like church but did you feel any kind of like religious or spiritual connection that you could understand as a six-year-old well, you know, I definitely always, I mean, my name is Mary. I've always felt a connection to Mary and the goddess. And I think that it's really interesting that you also mentioned the sacred heart and the, the rosary, because those two things are associated with Mary. And she, to me, is like 
the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate in that entire, you know, faith because like, and it, and it's her story is so twisted because, you know, to, in the, in the Bible or, you know, to most Christians, they believe that Mary was just some chick who was like, you know, approached by an angel, like, Hey, what's up? You want to like carry the son of God when like actually before Mary was even conceived, her mother was preparing to carry a child that could carry, you know, a, a, a an angelic or a godlike being. So her journey began before she was even conceived. And then when she was born, she was literally trained her entire life to carry Jesus. So and it just blows my mind that this is left out. Like, it's just like, no, nah, she's, she's, she's just some chick. Like, no, she literally. Say that again. You're just a major chick. Yeah, just, you know, just rant. You know, they just needed a vessel and that she was the closest person. No, she, she, her, I mean, her conception and birth is just as miraculous as jesus's so well, I, and, and her training so it's just very so of course the rosary is holds this magnitude my most cherished relic from my time in that world is a rosary that my godmother hand made me it is like just i just love it it's it's incredible wow I have, I also have like a collection. I inherited all of my grandmother's rosaries when she passed away and they just like, yeah, they hold so much magic. And to what you were saying about Mary, I mean, I admittedly, I'm not schooled in the, like, I don't know the mysteries behind Mary and her mother, Anne, but I do, I, I've had this conversation with Colleen, who's going to come on the podcast in a little while too, about how I just knew in my sort of fertility journey, I remember, I remember remembering, like feeling so much frustration because I was like, immaculate conception is real. I have done it before. And why can't I do it again this time? Like, why wouldn't <laughs> I have, you know, a male contributor? Because at the time, it felt like my partner didn't want any more children. And so, you know, that was like, that was really difficult for us. But it was really strange because that memory came unbidden. And it was like, <clears throat> yeah, just I, it makes me really interested to sort of look into the history of Mary and her mother Anne and how, yeah, the the preparation that they both underwent in order to be part of this lineage to like hold a Christed being and bring a Christed being into the world. Yeah, mm -hmm. she can't just be just some chick. Absolutely <laughs> she not. Has to have a frequency that do that. Yeah, parthenogenesis is real. And it is something that takes a lot of training from birth and, you know, you, you do, it is, you know, part of the requirement that you remain a virgin and that you are a virgin. It is, it is a virgin birth and it does not require male seed and it's a lost art. I'm sure there's some goddess out there doing it in the modern times, but for the most part, I, unfortunately, I do believe that it's a lost art, but it's it's one of the things about women that makes us so powerful 
that is most likely the reason that that part of the story is omitted. Because how could we talk about someone who's the son of God and then also be telling a story of someone with godlike powers? <laughs> the, those two things don't mix when you're when you have an agenda. A hundred percent. And even it reminds me of like something that came through in the priestess transmissions, which was just that like fertility isn't supposed to work the way that it works. It's not supposed to be attached to the moon cycles. It's it's a much more anyway, like I totally want to come back to your spiritual way. So I don't want to go too far down <laughs> a tangent, but but just to like emphasize, yeah, that how big of a, a stick in the spokes of the false matrix is it to acknowledge that, you know, to acknowledge immaculate conception as something that she was not just a passive, like, oh, like, oh, whoa, oh, God implanted a child in my womb and I'm just, oh, so innocent. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it, it was an, an act an active role that she undertook and also that it wasn't just her, that there was probably a whole community around her that, you know, how, as you said, it required, it was a, it was a path that needed to be walked right from our community, certainly in sisterhood, but there were possibly men that played a role in that too. And how, how much did, would that alone if we truly understood that that was true, if it was not erased from from the Bible and like our historic understanding of Christianity and the story of Jesus, it would just it would just that alone would dismantle this whole system because fertility would be then the reproductive power of both men and women and the child that chooses to come in and the community that supports them would be basically emancipated from you know the the lies that bind us but anyway that (laughs) will take me on a whole tangent (laughs) so i would love to hear then like how your spiritual awakening progressed yeah, so interestingly enough, I have a, I do have the Catholic Church to thank <laughs> for the next one as well. So I went to Catholic school and even though I was really not feeling it, like I was getting in arguments about church and the belief system with my mom specifically because my dad actually never forced any of this on me it was really my mom she's very threatened by other belief systems not so much anymore she's a little bit more open-minded and she has an she understands my wisdom when I was a kid it kind of scared her and then as as I grew up and she got to know me more and quite literally I started being her spiritual advisor in a lot of ways when she needed you know life support and she would understand and I I get downloads for her you know and I share them with her and she I think that she can feel the truth and the transmission and so she trusts me now but back then it was a lot of things by force like first of all I didn't want to go to Catholic school I didn't want to go to church like I we argued about it all the time so in eighth grade in the Catholic church or eighth grade or whatever age that is, 12 or 13, you are confirmed. And 
I quite frankly don't even remember what the hell it is. It's a sacrament. All I remember is that you get dressed up and all the girls just kind of like judge each other's dresses. And then like you get in a line and the bishop flaps you in the face. So obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm butchering what the actual meaning of the sacrament is, but that was in, okay, sorry. I need to backtrack a tiny bit. In order to be confirmed, I had to fully convert to Catholicism. I grew up Episcopalian. My mom was like, Episcopalian, not good enough, got to be Catholics. And I had to become Catholic. And so the Catholic church we went to had a congregation of like uh, a thousand people. And so I had to go to this like ceremony in front of a thousand people where I had to become Catholic. This was before the confirmation, but it's basically I, I had like a complete out of body experience. Like I completely exited my body and it was a huge church. I was floating at the top of the church. They were asking me all these questions. There was only like four of us that were converting at that moment. And they kept asking us questions that we had to, we had to respond like, I will, or I do, or something. I can't remember something like that. And I was, my body and my mouth was reciting the proper response and my soul from above was screaming, this is a fucking monster <laughs> And I was like, I fucking hate this. Like, I don't believe in this. Like, get me out of here. And that was like another really intense experience that I had where I was like, whoa, like, yeah, it was just, that was really, I guess that's probably actually disassociation, maybe not a full out-of-body experience. I don't, I don't want to get like, you know, I don't want to be uh, like, if we were to get technical about it, like there's probably someone listening that's like, no, you're just disassociating. I'm like, okay, fine. I was just, I, I was not in my body. And it, and I just, it just was like a, a reminder for me in that moment of like how ass backwards the world is and how so many of us live our lives according to what other people expect us to do. And we go along with it. And it just was like, I just it was honestly heartbreaking because I just thought I shared my truth that I didn't want to do this and I like not just once like many arguments and it just I was ignored and I was you know kind of forced to do this thing and like you know like I nothing's ever either or it's only ever both and more going to be on my gravestone but it's like literally I'm glad it happened now because I have this perspective now and I can look back and I know that like that actually was a critical like pivotal moment in my life that I'm grateful for but at that moment I felt so like misunderstood and almost kind of just not trusted by my my parents who I had been expressing my feelings toward and was completely ignored that's never a good feeling but yeah and then like it's funny because not to go on too much of a tangent but like a lot of us when we enter relationships as adults we are playing out usually a you know something that's happened in our childhood between between us and one of our parents we like kind of mirror and continue to play out that same role with a romantic partner and the 
the issue that I keep having with my beloved is that I hate authority. So like, he'll literally be telling me to, to do something like literally it is for my highest good. It is like, like, because he loves me, he's not trying to control me or demand anything out of me, but like, I can't just do it. Like I, I literally, I rebel against any kind of authority. Like it just, I'm so bothered by it and so I've obviously been doing self-inquiry and investigating and I'm like this is why it's because I was forced to do all these things I was not I wasn't listened to I wasn't trusted and 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 it and part of the reason why it was so painful is because I didn't actually really trust that my mom was the adult in the room I didn't, it's not that I didn't feel safe with her, but I definitely felt like, yeah, just like that she had some like either mental problems or just like some, some, some kind of deficit where I just, I could see that and I could sense it as a child. And I just thought, why are you the authority? Like no fucking way. And so, yeah, that's like, it's funny how those things kind of carry forward into adulthood. And here I am 33 and I'm like, my husband's like, don't touch that hot pan. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it, that's a really interesting point that you bring forward. And I can definitely see that parallel in my own life too. I think it's like the, the archetype of, I guess it's like a rebel archetype, right? And it's it's been the same with me and it has played out also with my, in my partnership. Well, I think in all my partnerships, but you know, Alex is the one that matters to me at this time. So, but it, it's played out where like, for some reason, I felt like I would always end up in these dynamics with my partner kind of like being the final say in what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like me being like, wouldn't it be amazing to move here? Wouldn't it be amazing to, you know, like have, this kind of life and then they would like put their foot down or something like that as like you know no we're not we're not doing that because this practical reason that practical reason which to my mind were always just like you know from wounded limitations and, and it took me a really long time to realize like into my 30s as well to be like oh I'm just playing out the experience of feeling like I had to ask for my parents permission for everything and then getting shut down for reasons that I could clearly see were stupid. And then, you know, so then I would just like go ahead and do it anyway, but from this more of an energy of like rebellious, angry, like, like sort of sneaking something, you, you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And it, even after I realized that it still took some work to recognize it and repattern it. But it's interesting because when I figured that out, a whole bunch of shit manifested really quickly after I sort of mastered it because I no longer was relating to Alex from that place of my own internal wounding. Like I just wasn't asking for his permission. I, I was kind of like, I love you and I am creating this for myself and I want you to come and I invite you and there's space for you, but I'm not going to make you do it. Like it was just such a different energy. So I, it, it made a, such a huge difference. So I really appreciate that you, you brought that up. Yeah. And, you know, we don't actually want to keep repeating those things, but it's usually our, our, you know, I don't want to say shame, but it, it, 
it's, it's, it can be our deepest source of shame to keep repeating those patterns. And the thing that you mentioned of like, when you're rebelling just for the sake of rebellion in a romantic partnership, it's, it's not a good look. It's not something that I'm actually proud of, but something that's really powerful that my beloved is teaching me, who is also named Alex. <laughs> what up? We love Alex's. He is just teaching me that actually when you're, when you're smart <laughs> and when you actually are a goddess and you are a leader and you are confident, surrender is actually one of the most powerful things that you can do it it actually it seems contradictory to surrender but it actually gives you a lot of power and so it's it's been interesting to think to to like come from this place of the wounding where you keep repeating the behavior and feeling powerless and then when you course correct and you do the thing that seems like the opposite of what would give you power and you start to feel powerful and so that's been a really powerful <laughs> contrast that I've been experiencing lately of just okay like surrender is it's it's the quality of of a queen and a goddess and that's it's what I that's what I would like to embody in this lifetime and so that's the that is the path for me I think the kind of surrender you're talking about, like when you're talking about it, I'm getting this image of being, becoming like the water instead of being like, I don't know, the, the rock or the solid plank of wood or whatever. So it's like when we're in that rebellious energy, we create a solidity. We, we become a wall that something has to bounce off of. And then if we, when we surrender, not in a way where like, it's not, it's not about you know, being like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to be a doormat and I'm going to let you, you know, like call all the shots or anything. It's more like, I'm going to release my perception of the fight here. And I'm going to move into a state of neutrality and a flow. And like, you know, so I guess it's, it's sort of like, if you, if you put, I I'm like, this is probably such a stupid analogy, but I'm just thinking of this like mesh sieve in my kitchen, if I put, you know, a boiled, if I, if I boiled an egg and then I pour the egg out through this mesh sieve, the water flows through the sieve because it doesn't, it's, it's not solid, but the egg gets caught in the sieve. And it's kind of like that with the framework of our, our, our mindset and our frequency that when we're rebelling out of those old wounding patterns, we, that rebellious energy has like a solid form and so it can't pass through the mesh it just like it must it, it meets resistance i guess is what i'm trying to say and mm -hmm. when we move into that surrender energy we are the ones that are releasing resistance we're not asking the mesh sieve to become water we're not asking it to release its resistance we are just releasing our resistance until we can pass right through it no longer snares us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because this is, um, I do like, I obviously I wanted to talk about entrepreneurship today, but this is like also 
showing me this mirror that it comes with entrepreneurship because I feel like for me, being an entrepreneur equals freedom. Kind of like what you're describing, like the freedom to just go through the the sieve or whatever. And the the main thing that a lot of people are afraid of when it comes to entrepreneurship are the things like, oh, well, then I have to, you know, figure out my own bookkeeping. I have to pay taxes and I ha- I don't like my things are more quote unquote complicated or whatever it sounds like. And that that in in some way it feels like easier, quote unquote. It feels free. Oh, I don't have to worry about having the perfect, you know, form that I can easily pay my taxes with each year and I'll pay less taxes because I don't make that much money. And that for some people that is like a mental trap that they get into is like that is some amount of freedom that like but it's actually a huge limitation oh I don't want to make more money because then I have to pay more taxes like well if you're gonna make wouldn't you rather have more money even if you have to pay more taxes like come on y'all but like I I don't know that's just kind of like the as I was listening to you talk about that analogy, I, I'm realizing just how that is actually quite appropriate also just in terms of when we when we really look at liberating ourselves, which to me, one of the highest forms of liberation from the false matrix that we live in is to work for yourself, is to, you know, be an entrepreneur, is to be self-sufficient, is to be a leader, like a self-leader and to master yourself and to know yourself. And so we, you know, like we can be water (laughs) and we can flow through the sieve or we can stay, we can stay trapped in it and not actually pass through. But think that that, I don't know, it's, it's, I'm so beyond, I'm like so out of it. I almost can't even like, but I remember being in it and being like, well, this is safer. I, I, you know, I just have a W-2 and I plug that into my taxes and then I'm done and I don't pay anything because I don't make that much money. And like, I'm, I'm free of this like mental stressful thing called taxes. But then it's like, actually, when you empower yourself and you just do the thing, it's, it's like, what was I thinking? <laughs> Anyways, that was like a little tangent. Don't know if that made sense. To, yeah. Did, were you picking I was putting down (laughs) totally totally makes sense or I think for me I remember it being like you know but I get like a predictable amount of money every two weeks or whatever the pay cycle was right and like I guess that's true insofar as in entrepreneurship in this in this venture I've created since leaving you know midwifery and then all the other jobs that I had definitely there there is an element to like you know i i would say my income is not as steady as i want it to be but i also know that like it'll get there and it's fine and whereas before when i was needing the the safety net of having that predictable you know income every couple weeks i was really really a victim to my own money wounding which we all have because they make damn sure that we have it whereas now i've learned to ride the waves of income fluctuation and 
you know, like we see a lot of money coaches and stuff. I know, you know, I've talked about this a lot. We see a lot of money coaches being like, oh, you know, and I'm at like, you know, 50K months and 80K months and, and like, that's all well and good, but what they're kind of, what they are speaking to a lot of the time is the part of us that is afraid to be with the uncertainty, but that is where the freedom is, is when you can be in the uncertainty and be okay then you're really free and you don't need it to be something like 80k months I'm not saying I mean like I would totally welcome 80k months but I'm also not I I don't need it to be there in order to be free but the entrepreneurial journey is what allowed me to get there if I had stayed in employment and like the false security blanket of bi-weekly predictable paychecks I would not have I, for me personally, I'm not saying it's impossible for everyone. I'm just saying for me personally, I think I would not have learned to master this energy so that I feel free regardless of what my bank account says, or if I have a lot of bills to pay or whatever, I'm just like, you know, okay, it's, it's a day ending in Y and like the, the money comes in and the money goes out and the money comes in, the money goes out. And I don't need to know where it's coming from. I don't need to know when it's coming in. It's, I'm okay. So, so, but I would, okay, why don't, because I really want to hear how you, like your process of starting on your entrepreneurship journey, because I really love the way that you see it. It is beautiful and empowering and in high integrity, which is why I continue to work with you. I love it so much. And so why don't you kind of like tell us about your third sort of awakening experience and then from there tell us about the process of going into entrepreneurship and finding that freedom for yourself Mm -hmm. well I'm trying to think if the third one relates or not but I could I could touch upon it briefly I mean it's kind of tragic so I'll just give like a trigger warning I I I I guess it's a child abuse trigger warning. Yeah, just surgical trigger warning if you're triggered by surgeries and things like that. Yeah, so when I was 15, I was basically, you know, my mom was a ballerina. She's anorexic. And so my whole life I have been seen, you know, my body has been witnessed through anorexic lenses and I was always too fat and my thighs were disproportionate and all this other shit like it was just I wasn't allowed in the kitchen I have three older brothers they were allowed to eat whatever they wanted I was given very strict portions so when I was 15 my mom put me under for liposuction and it was yeah it was literally like the straw that broke the camel's back I never like I had already had all these like I don't really trust you Like you're kind of messed up in the head. Your worldview is weird. Like you gossip all the time, but you love God and you like go to church all the time and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, these things are not matching up. (laughs) These two things don't make sense. And that was like this moment. Like I just remember feeling so violated by the doctor, by the whole experience and all this stuff. And Anyways, so I had, I had the surgery and I literally, well, I, I, so I'm coming off of the anesthesia 
And so there again, if somebody wants to be really technical with my spiritual awakening journey, you know, was it an, an out-of-body experience? Was it just coming off anesthesia? Like, you know, you, you can decide. But I, I also like exited my body and I, I felt in that, and, and, the, and like, this is the sad part is that like what they were like putting me into a wheelchair to like take me home. And my mom said that I, I was sobbing, crying. And I was saying like, don't, please don't throw me away. Don't put me in the trash. Like I'm, I'm, I, I want to be here. Like I was saying all this, like, you know, quote unquote, crazy, like anesthesia stuff. But like my memory is that like, I was in the trash can, like I was thrown out. And it was like, at that moment, I was quite literally like, like still somehow psychically or whatever attached to what they had removed from my body that was in the garbage. It was in the fucking trash can. And that was like, I don't know. I would I wouldn't say I would wholeheartedly call that like a spiritual awakening. It's more of like a rude awakening of like, okay, can't I'm the adult in the room. There's no more trusting these adults. Like I have to be my own authority. I have to, you know, do my own thing, which is really scary. I had like a complete personality change overnight. Like I went from like gregarious, you know, I wouldn't say like popular, but it was a cheerleader. Like I was, I was spirited to being reserved and angsty and angry and, and quite frankly, depressed. Like I, I, was probably I probably would have been diagnosed with depression but that was another thing my mom like didn't believe in so there was no like getting treatment of any kind which whatever I survived but so that was a very interesting experience and that but what that catalyzed is that I was like oh I gotta get out of here like ASAP and so I went on a fast track to graduate high school as soon as possible and I moved out at 17 and I went to college and I and I left and I never, I never went back. I am so sorry that you experienced that. I like, I was listening as you, you know, as you were saying that, I was just like thinking about my daughter, Kieran, thinking like, yeah, I mean, I, I've never met your mom. So I, I don't absolutely do not want to pass judgment on her. She's a complex, multidimensional being herself. and. You know, it's definitely not for me to to judge her, but just as I was processing what you were sharing, I was like, I would have to have a psychosis of some kind to treat my daughter that way. I I can't even I can't even fathom it. Like I just and I mean, I'm speaking this way as your friend and your sister, but like you're so beautiful, and I didn't know that story of what you experienced and I just look at the way that you like you hold yourself and you adorn yourself and I can see the amount of like you have prioritized the reclamation of your worth from the you know the wounding and the scarring of that experience and it shows even without me having known that you went through that like I always have kind of looked at the way that you you show yourself and the way you share yourself. And I've always thought like, oh, like Maddie's so 
beautiful. And so I just like you planted a stake in the in the ground of your raw natural beauty. And you are just like, I will not change for any <laughs> workers. And I just think that's so incredible that you did that. And I'm sorry. And you're right. Like that, that, that those cells that were removed from your body were no less you than the rest of you. And yeah, you were psychically, like your consciousness continued to be linked to that part of you that was told that it's like redundant and not needed. Worthless and to be worthless. Yeah, it's, you know, it's actually really interesting. Thank you so much for that reflection, by the way. I really appreciate that because I, it's, it, it, you know, it's like our, I think I even got like a silly little like motivational email today that was like, it said from, from pain came my wisdom. And that was the moment that I realized I was in charge of loving me. And no one's going to do this for me. I'm the one that has to do it. And I, you know, even though afterward it was a dark time, I came into self-love very soon after that. You know, my next (laughs) awakening was a mushroom journey in college where, you know, they always say like, don't look in the mirror. Don't look in the mirror. I'm like, what? Like I looked in the mirror and I was like, damn. I love me, like, whoa, look at this, like, beautiful goddess, like, that is who I am, and I just, it was such a positive experience, and I, yeah, I just, I I took full responsibility for loving, loving myself, and, you know, obviously, it's not like I'm perfect at it, you know, sometimes it wavers, and especially back then, but yeah, that was, even though it was a really traumatic event that I, my body is still holding, you know, and, and like, you know, I do need to, I'm still working on releasing a lot of that trauma from my actual, you know, from my thighs and that whole area. I, but I, <clears throat> it, it was a catalyst. So I have to I have to be grateful for it, even though it sucked and it was painful. But it taught me about my true worth, which had nothing to do with the way that I looked. And even though I'm like, I look great. It's like, what was my mom even thinking? And I love my mom. You know, mom, if you ever listen to this, I love you deeply. I don't blame you for your behavior you're also very wounded and, and hurt and you've been through a lot and I see that and I I don't hold anything against her at all. I we're all just operating from from our wounds and replaying the the things that are that were not resolved when we were children. So you know we almost can't help but project and try to replay and reconcile until it either happens or for some of us it it doesn't and we just you know the record skips until we die but there's those of us who are on that path of like no I'm gonna do something else like I'm gonna I'm not I'm not just gonna 
continue playing inside the same groove for the rest of my life. That's not an option. I'm devoted to my growth. I'm devoted to being the best version of myself. I'm devoted to releasing any and all beliefs and reprogramming myself as often as possible, as much as I need to. And even when I get into a mindset that's quote unquote good, continuing to question, continuing to reprogram and, you know, like, why, why would I live my life on the factory default settings? Absolutely not. Not an option for me. Totally. And you just said that so beautifully. And like, I feel like you just, I don't know, delivered like really powerful medicine to all of us of just that, that self-inquiry and refusal to follow the track that was laid out for you, like the easiest track, just because that's, you know, that's the one that you were directed onto. And I feel like it does segue really beautifully, I'm sure, into your process for like furthering that basically and and embarking on the entrepreneurial path like what when did that happen for you yeah so in college I studied art and I am a painter I mean I also did like jewelry design but I like my main body of work that I created was paintings and did I I'm like trying to think, did I try super hard to get accepted into galleries? No, but like when I graduated, I probably tried to get into like four or five and I was rejected by all of them. But I knew that people loved my art. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm doing my own thing. And I, I created my own gallery, which was possible because my family owned a warehouse at the time so we just kind of like put up some walls you know and painted them white and I hung all my art I promoted my own art show I and I sold 47 out of 50 pieces and yeah. that was and that was the first time that I ever made you know five figures in you know a span of about 24 hours and it just showed me what was possible. So that was in 2014. But even though I did that and I like had that empowering moment, I still was working like an income capped job, you know, with just the steady paycheck and, you know, the whatever. And my, so my income was always capped. It was never going to be more unless I did something like an art show. And at that point I was like, I just, it took me took me four years to create 50 pieces of art and then sold them all like that was like what am I going to do now it wasn't actually sustainable but it like showed me what was possible so anyways I I was probably income capped for over a decade and just always working for other people and and truly not understanding my worth like I remember a couple of times being hired for you know bespoke art projects or like commissioned paintings or things like that and feeling so guilty about charging money like it's so bizarre like I look back and I'm like what like why did this feel so cringe 
to have the money conversation with people who were literally asking to pay me. And I think that a lot of us, you know, we have those money stories. We have the, we, we, we feel unworthy of money or we, or we don't realize that what's been modeled for us as kids is like a false reality. Like something that my mom would always say when I was a kid and that she still says is like, she'll literally say like, I'm poor. And I'm like, and she's not, you know what I mean? So like the, those things are happening around us all the time as kids, like, but who knows what the story was, you know, in your home or in this part, in, in some people's home, but usually it's skewed. Whatever the money story is, it's not an actual reflection of reality, but we accept it as reality until we deprogram it and, you know, reconstruct something else in its place and like do that consistently until we believe it. So I felt, I felt so much guilt about charging my worth. And yeah, now I just kind of laugh at that. I just, I remember like genuinely feeling really bad about like, I did like a custom painting 20 feet in the air on a scaffold, took me like a week. And I felt so bad about charging like $1,200 for it. <laughs> so I, I like wouldn't even do that for that much. I'd be like, no, not even worth my time. Like a huge painting. So anyways, it's just, it's, it's funny. But anyways, so I always had the desire to not have to like wake up in the morning and go work for somebody else. It's probably a manifester thing. Although I don't think it is. I think a lot of people have that desire, especially now nowadays where we've all seen okay like it's possible to work from home like why would I leave I know some people like to leave their house I don't <laughs> I love my home that's where I want to be you know I I like traveling but let me tell you I could go to the coolest place on planet earth and I am gonna be stoked to go home but anyways so I I really, I wanted to, I learned about like the coaching world in 2016. And that's really when my entrepreneurship journey started. And even back then I was like way undercharging. I had a blog, you know, I was talking about self-love. I was coaching with, but I still always held on to that steady paycheck job. I couldn't let it go because I didn't trust myself that I could replace my income. I didn't I didn't, I couldn't stay in the uncertainty, but now I realize that holding on to that job is probably why it actually took me so long because in 2020, that like quote unquote steady job, I didn't lose it, but they were basically like, we're cutting your pay in half because of the pandemic, da, 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 da. And that was the moment when I was like, okay, I am going to take this hundred percent seriously. And I'm going to replace all my income with my own business, my own venture. And I'm going to stop working for anyone else as a crutch, like, because I'm scared to go out on my own. Like, that's actually what's holding me back is the fact that I keep holding on to this other shit. And so like, because imagine, like, you know, like, it, when you're in the space of like, hey, everything's up to me, you can be, it can be stressful, or it can be exciting. Mm -hmm. You can be like, you can be like, oh my God, everything's up to me and like just implode <laughs> and fail. Or you can be like, everything is up to me. Wow. I can create $5,000. I can create 
$15,000. Like literally the sky is the limit. Like the sky is not even the limit, like straight up. And so, you know, I, my coaching business from 2016 to 2020 was called self-love medicine. And I was coaching and empowering women to love themselves more and really like blending that with spiritual counsel because I'm also, you know, fully devoted to the priestess past and my, and the worship of the goddess and in all of her forms, like I'm obsessed with all of the goddesses, including, you know, the goddess that is present in each and every one of us, even in men, like we're, we all embody that archetype and, or, you know, we have, we have pieces of that archetype. Yeah. And then it, it was such a success in 2020, like like 2020 I saw the the silver lining of the pandemic like people were immediately like what the fuck's going on in the world reaching out for help reaching out for support and like I I'm not gonna lie like it was luck that I was already locked and loaded and ready to go because I had built it out over the past four years I just hadn't taken it seriously so like the moment that everything started going down and people were online more and I was like on Facebook and I was talking about you know, self-love and empowering women and, and all these women are like sitting at home being like, what is going on in the world? And they're finally actually having a moment, like they're not having to go to work every day. They're having a moment to like look in the mirror and be like, am I even happy with my life? Do I even love myself? And so like I had a lot of really powerful like coaching clients that year and some that stuck with me, you know, for a full year. And so that was really powerful. And then like right at the end of 2020 was when like I started, you know, consulting and helping other women build their online business. And, and, and then like also kind of on like, you know, I'm an artist, like I paint. So I've, I've also studied graphic design extensively and web design. So I've always kind of like over the years done like website and, and graphic design gigs, like kind of as bread and butter. And so it really like, it's like, okay, I had the knowledge of, of coaching. I am a great coach, know how the online business world works, know how to build websites, know how to do graphics. And so that is how Goddess Support was born. And it just, and then that's when everything just really took off. And I was like, oh, this is my dharma, like helping women, yes, love themselves and be empowered. That's 100% still part of it. But also like, fuck the system, like exit the matrix, stop working the shit job, retire your partner so they don't have to work in the matrix either. Like all of these things became a byproduct of me just doing what was coming naturally and what people were coming to me for and you know i it it it's been it's been a really beautiful experience and i feel very grateful but it really yeah it took it took kind of you know being cut off i wish i could i almost wish i could say that i made the decision to like leave my job and go out on my own but it it took the crutch quite literally being kicked out from under me for me to take it seriously but I was primed and ready you know it wasn't like totally out of nowhere or totally like oh I have to pivot into something else now it was like no I had already had this desire really deep in my heart and it was just the perfect moment and 
yeah, there's no going back. I'm, I will never, ever work for someone else ever again. <laughs> I'm hooked. It, it, totally. I, I, I'm the same way. Like sometimes I imagine I'm like, well, what if I just went back to work and I'm like, like, I just laugh. I laugh and laugh and laugh. I'm like, even you were never cut out to be an employee ever. <laughs> it's not, it's just not going to work for anyone, any parties involved. But the, I think it's amazing that you, like, what, as I'm listening to that, I just feel like, well, of course you didn't, it wasn't time for you to, to leave that like steady paycheck matrix until it was time for you to do it. And you probably set it up to kick it out from under yourself. You know what I mean? Like it totally. looks like the world did it, but you just set it up as like, it, it was like your, like your switch that like switched you into like, oh, right, it's go time, you know? And so you kind of needed that external manifestation of something happening to like, help trigger your autopilot to be like, oh, no, 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 something has changed. And so we, we change with it, you know? Totally. Yeah. And I, I just, the freedom, there's just nothing that compares to having complete freedom over your time, your schedule, your anything. Like I just, and I know that that's maybe not how everyone would experience it right away. I definitely, you know, it's entrepreneurship. I've, I absolutely worked, you know, 12 hour days, but once you get it to a point where, where it's running itself, at least, or you have at least some support members on your team, it's, it's just, like I said, it's just not, and not anything that I could ever not do at this point because like like I said like I'm a homebody like getting up and going to a job somewhere outside of my home is quite literally like a nightmare for me and I know some people it's not like they want to leave their house every day and that's fine like more power to you you but you can go on your entrepreneurial journey on like a brick and mortar shop or something or like you know what I mean but you don't still have to stay you know, in the machine or whatever. A hundred percent. And like you, when you were talking about, you know, when you get it to a point where you have support people on your team, like what that actually equates is often like, that means you've hired somebody, you've employed them and they have a job. And it, it's like, you know, often as an independent contractor or a freelance person, right? So they still have some, like they're not technically your employee, unless that's, you know, the structure of your business and that's what required. But the, the point is that, if, if it's inside of you to do this, which it was for me for years and years, like I've always known, I've always, always known that I was supposed to be on, like, I remember buying the course on starting a blog and buying a course on starting a business. And I had no idea what I was even going to like start those about. I had no idea. Like I never started a blog because I didn't know what I was going to talk about, but I knew that was what I was supposed to do, you know? And, uh, but it took me ages to figure it out but my point is if you're listening to this and you're like yeah I've always known that I'm supposed to create something then the whole thing to to focus on here is that you can exit the the matrix that holds you prisoner 
right? And you, and in doing so, you can create employment or work opportunities for others as you grow that are also outside of the matrix. You know, like it's, it's just a beautiful thing when we step onto this journey, if we're made for it and just like step courageously and fiercely onto it, knowing that, yep, like it's going to be, it, it's, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment when you first do it. But like I said, just for me in, in creating the opportunities to like really heal, heal money wounding and money trauma, it's, it's second to none. I just don't think I would have, I would have gotten there if I had stayed in the, the sort of steady paycheck kind of realm because I wouldn't have needed to. I would have just lived within that little box, that little capped income limited little box that I had accepted for myself. And I would just believe that there's nothing available outside of that. And I needed to, to challenge that in order to really be confronted with the, the layers of my wounding. But I would love to hear you. Well, I know what goddess support is about, obviously, because I'm one of your clients. But I would just love to hear you share about goddess support and like what you do and what you offer. Yeah. Yeah. So just to riff a tiny bit about what you were just saying the before I kind of hop into goddess support if that's okay I you know when you go on the entrepreneurship journey you especially in in like a service-based business where you are quite literally doing things for other people it is person to person it doesn't mean it can't be business to business. Like that doesn't, that's not what I mean, but I just basically what I mean is it's not big business, like to big business. You're not like analyzing or like, you know, part of Amazon or something like that. Like you are like the thing that everybody loves about crypto, for example, is that it's a private peer to peer network. Okay. But it's all virtual. Like it's all in, in a computer. When you have a service-based business where you work with individuals, especially something like coaching or like one-on-one -on -one sessions like readings or healing or whatever it is, even something like graphic design, you are joining a real peer-to-peer -peer network where instead of passing money to big businesses and corporations and just like people that don't actually give a fuck about humanity, you're passing it to your peers, your actual fellow peers. Like you buy my services, I buy your services. There's no dirty money in that. And so what we're seeing is massive wealth growing in the hands of a lot of people, but specifically women. And for me, that's really inspiring because it's like, you know, we've been waiting for the tables to turn us women are like ready to rock. And the thing that's powerful about it is that we're not building masculine businesses that are, you know, taking us away from our families and taking us away from our kids and, you know, just turning us into men. That's not the types of businesses we're building. We're building feminine businesses. We're building ones with flow, with time freedom where we get to be with our kids and we get to, you know, do really powerful work for the collectives and help people heal. So 
so yeah, that I guess that kind of brings me into goddess support. And that is, you know, I'm, I'm an artist. And so I believe that life is art. And that if you, you know, so for me, you know, there's, there have been people that have said to me, like, are you an artist anymore? I'm like, yeah, business is my art. Like having a business is, is an art. Like my business is a masterpiece, you know, I'm creating my life into a masterpiece. And so if you want to create your life into a masterpiece, like you have to be the visionary, you have to hold that frequency and the easiest way to hold that frequency of your vision, as I'm sure you know, Amy, <laughs> is to enlist the support and receive loving help from other goddesses. Because how else are we gonna like we need we need people in our field who believe in us or hear our crazy idea and are like, no, that's not crazy. Like we can make that happen. Like this is, this is actually genius or like, and this is how it would work or da, 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 da. Like we need, you know, it's, it's like being part of that true peer to peer network, like no computers involved, <laughs> like just human ingenuity and feminine logic defying energy. And so, you know, obviously I work a lot in the coaching industry. I am a coach and there's a huge, I just saw like this huge need for actual implementation of, of the things. Like there's a lot of people, they'll hire a business coach and that coach just talks at them and it's like, Hey, do this, this, and this, and like, give, you know, they basically still leave you to do it yourself, which there's value in that because then you kind of learn what works and what doesn't. But there's also not value in staying in your frustration, staying in troubleshooting, not actually getting your medicine out there into the world because you can't figure out, you know, tech problem X, Y, Z. And that, that to me is an issue. Or like, you know, not knowing how to monetize something, not knowing what to charge for it. You know, like there's all these different things. It's like, just because you're not a tech wizard doesn't mean that you can't have powerful medicine for the world so why 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 should you spend hours and hours and hours learning how to do something when you could enlist support and get it done faster and start serving people now so i saw this huge need just for actual in, like implementation like okay so i thought to myself what's the kind of business coach that i would actually hire and that's somebody who I could talk to you and then they would turn around to a team and they would do it. It wasn't just left in my hands to do it myself. And so that's really the, the difference in what I offer. That's the magic <clears throat> of what I offer as well as, you know, mentorship and, you know, whether it's business or life, I'm there, I'm there for my clients. And I've also curated a highly skilled team of goddesses who are ready to produ produce results for women in business. And they are all self-led. Like I, yeah, I'm the quote unquote boss. I'm the CEO, but really all I am is like the CAO. Like I'm the, the chief accountability officer. I just make sure that things are happening, but they are all in charge of when things happen. Like I don't breathe down anyone's neck that works for me. They are all entrepreneurs as well. 
So yeah, that's, that is like, that is what I do. Obviously, you know, I have a lot of women who reach out who want to, who want to work together and they're for me to best serve. I only take on a very limited amount of clients. However, I, I noticed a lot of repeating questions and repeating patterns and repeating like coaching sessions that I was giving to women when it comes to their business. And I just thought, you know, why am I, why am I saying this six times in one week? I'm going to say this once and I'm going to put it in a course. And then I'm going to, when, when women come to me with these questions or they're just starting out or they, they know they want to get into online business and they, but they want to come at it as a spiritual devotion. They want to come at it, not from like a bro marketing perspective, but from that feminine energy. So I created a whole course and it is like <laughs> intensely comprehensive and you get the best of both worlds because guess what? <clears throat> I've taken all of the bro marketing courses <laughs> and I've embodied it by doing a lot of it for myself and for my clients. And but I also know how to harness the feminine energy. So goddess status is the name of that course. And it's all about like being the goddess CEO of your business and your life. And it's an online course paired with a group coaching experience. So we do live group coaching, like over the, the span of the 16 weeks. So it's, you know, it's a 16 week time investment. I mean, in terms of you're doing most of the modules on your own and on your own time, but then we do gather every new and full moon for group coaching just to riff about life and business, whatever, whatever's alive. And it's, it got a status is for the woman who is wanting to have a spiritually embodied business, you know, be the, be the goddess and the queen, you know, take command of her life. And, but, but come at it from a spiritual perspective. And so if you're new or you are, you know, in your first couple of years of business, like still making your way to consistent 10 K months, which, you know, $10,000 a month, which by the way, is hundred percent possible. I see it happen time and time again, before it happened to me, I thought, oh my God, that's going to be life-changing money. Like, and then guess what? It is. And now I'm like, I ain't never going back. So if you're like, wow, making $10,000 a month sounds great. You can do it. Like there's, a, there's actually no excuse and I can show you how. So that is my course. It's going to launch this fall. We start August 31st, 2022, but I'll run it twice a year. So, you know, if you're listening to this later in 2022 or 2023 it's always going to be available and it's really all about business empowerment but also spiritual embodiment like embodiment in your medicine like what you came here to do and empowerment in your self-mastery and there's like I said it's very comprehensive in terms of the business empowerment, but there's also lots of self-empowerment. Like I have all the human sign, like there's a lot of human sign modules so you can get to know yourself. We do toning throughout the entire program where, which is a throat chakra vocal activation, because guess what? If you want to be a leader, 
whether it's just of your, you know, if you just want to lead your family, you need to have a powerful voice. You need to really work that sort of chakra. So we work on that and just so many other things. Self-love obviously is a big part of it. And it's just, like I said, it's very comprehensive and and I'm very proud of it. So I'm really excited to promote it and call in the women that are supposed to be there. So if you're listening and you're like, yeah, like I'm ready to exit the matrix. <laughs> I'm ready to fuck the system. You know, whatever you call it, maybe you, maybe you call it building the new earth or building the new paradigm. You can, you can do all of those things and you get to do it your way and you get to show up as a goddess hundred percent. So I hope that you'll join me. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like as your client, I can say that you definitely know what you're talking about. And I mean, I wish that I had back in, in 2019, when I was preparing to, you know, I knew that, I knew that as of like, I guess it was 6 p.m. on 6 p.m. Eastern on January 1st, 2020. That was like officially it. I was not a midwife anymore. That was the end of my shift, of my last shift. And so I had been preparing in 2019 to, to do that. And I really wish that goddess status had been something available to me at the time because I really love what you said about like business as art and business as spiritual devotion. And I feel that so completely because I also, you know, went to school to become an artist and I, I was a painter and a jewelry maker, a ceramicist. I worked with glass, stained glass, blown glass. Like I'm very, very, very creative. And all of that is fulfilled due to business for me. Business is so creative. It's so creative. So as art and also as spiritual devotion, where you're not just in it for the bottom line, like you get to have both. Like you said before about, you know, what's going on in your, your, your headstone, your tombstone when you pass away is like, nothing is ever either or it's only ever both and more. That's yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> that's my Mad Hatter quote, but it's not a quote from the Mad Hatter. It's it's my quote. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like you, you get to receive money. Like I make more money than I did as a midwife, significantly more. And being a midwife was very well compensated, which is why whenever I think about, you know, whenever I'm kind of like, oh gosh, I'm tired. Cause it is, you know, when you are on the entrepreneurial journey, I'm not going to pretend this isn't the case it does come down to you. And like, for example, I like last night, Karen woke up in the middle of the night with the croup. It came out of nowhere. We literally shouldn't have a fever, nothing, no runny nose, nothing. And she just woke up with like the most horrible cough I've ever heard crying and like dry heaving and struggling to breathe, you know, so I'm not well rested. And there are things that I wanted to get done today that aren't going to get done. And these are the days where I'm like, sometimes a little part of me is like, what if I just went back to work and then I actually think about it and I'm like, ah, never, never. <laughs> because I do, I make more money doing this. I have creative freedom and it's in spiritual devotion. So it's not just about me doing something meaningless for money. It's me doing my, like living out my, my dharma, my purpose for this life and then allowing myself to receive money 
But I'll say that it's not my natural default setting, even though I'm meant to be a creative entrepreneur and sole entrepreneur. I am not built like you, Mari. I don't have that natural business acumen, which is why it's made such a difference for me to work with you because I was just like, you know, piecemealing, patchworking it together by myself for a long time. And it was very hard, definitely like 12 to 15 hour days frequently. And, and I'm so proud of the work that I did, but I also like you and I had many conversations because Muddy's also my, my coach, my mentor. So like I can come to her when I'm just feeling like discouraged and down or confused and a lack of clarity, like, you know, often because of the nature of the things that I'm creating, I feel like lost as to how to talk about them. You guys have all heard me say how many times, countless times, like, I don't feel like I'm good at sales. I don't feel like I'm good at marketing. It doesn't, doesn't come naturally to me. And yet when I get excited about something, I can speak about it, you know, very passionately. And, and that part comes naturally, but I can come to Madi and just be like, kind of like, well, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I'm confused. And I don't, I don't know how to do this. And, and she has that, like this incredible balance of like the feminine energy that honors the feminine, honors the creative process and the flow and the intuition and the, like the, the Oracle and, and the goddess and all of that. But also she has the, the brilliant, like she has taken the bro marketing courses and also, you know, I personally don't want to completely shit on the bro marketing courses. It's just that I'm so feminine that that strategy alone doesn't convert for me. I can't just do bro marketing, but there are important pieces in there that, you know, we don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I haven't, I, I don't have the time or the bandwidth or the, it's not in my wheelhouse to learn like all kinds of bro marketing strategy and then pick out what actually fits my business and what doesn't. And so working with Madi is like, she's done all that. <laughs> she can pull out what's, what actually, like what strategy is aligned to support this business, which the mission of this business is for me to like be the speaker, be the channel, transmit the transmissions that are supposed to be received by certain people. And that means I need to be visible, needs to be packaged up appropriately. People need to like learn about it, know about it, understand it and opt into it. And so it's just been incredible to be your client and to work with you. And I feel so supported. And P.S. Muddy did not ask me to like give a testimonial for this podcast episode, but this is just like genuinely how I feel. Like I, even when I have lean months, like Working with goddess support is a non-negotiable expense. Like I just am like, no, there's no way. No, I'm not doing this without money. It's just not happening. And if you're just kind of starting out, like I said, I would have loved to have had goddess status when I was starting to sort of, you know, put me, put me ahead of the game because it, it does feel kind of lonely at first. And, and I will also say this too, that if you're starting out on any kind of venture like this, whether it's entrepreneurialism, but I think anything that takes you out of the matrix, anything that you, like you're choosing to get out of the matrix, you need support. We need support. 
Like we need healers, we need coaches, we need mentors, we need like, you know, galactic shamans, earth shamans, we need readers, like we need support in order to expand. Yeah, exactly. And and because, you know, we come up against scary edges and we, and our nervous system is programmed to be like, I don't know what to do. And so I'm just going to collapse back into my comfort zone because it might not be the best place for me to be, but it's familiar and I know how to navigate it. And I mean, I came up against that edge countless, countless times. And you know what actually made the difference for me to finally make the move and start my business was working with my first coach because she could, you know, tell me like, this is what's happening. And you just have to, you just have to step past that, that edge and let it be uncomfortable until you get used to it. And then it becomes part of your comfort zone because now you're used to it. And then you have another one to step through. So I just think like, yes, I, I'm glad that you said you're going to continue running it. But also I just feel this energy in the air ever since specifically like very potently and powerfully since August 1st. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I know this is for me. Like, what are you waiting for? Honestly, what are <laughs> waiting for anymore? As we watch the world shift at rapid speed and we watch our comfort zone start to be taken away from us. Not, I'm not talking about by the elites. I mean, like, you know, like as things change, right? Like kind of like you having the crutch kicked out from you. Like that wasn't, you know, some bad person that did that to you. You can see it that way, but that's not a powerful way of seeing it. It's like, oh, that comfort that that little aspect of your comfort zone was removed by the evolution of consciousness that's happening here. And you were able to harness it so that you, you know, you can move forward powerfully in the direction that you are always destined to go. And I feel like that's what's happening for all of us. Like we are not the the old world is gone. So let's stop sitting around and telling ourselves stories about like, oh, I don't have the money or I don't have the time, right? Maybe next year, I don't have the clarity. I don't have the ideas. Like there are so many things that I didn't have the clarity on before I decided to work with Viola. And PS, I had over a hundred thousand dollars in debt when I, when I signed on with Viola and then paying her meant that I was still living at the same quality of life that I did as a, a broke student midwife living off of student loans because it was like, even though I was making good money, but like I, I ponied up the dough and that was what was required for me to actually move forward. If I had worked with her for free, I would not have implemented shit. Do you understand? It was because it was such an edge for me. It was so edgy and uncomfortable that like, you know, and my brain was telling all kinds of stories about being irresponsible and like, what the fuck am I doing? And like, oh my God, if my parents knew and you know, blah, 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 all my things were being triggered. But I was like, well, you've done it. You've committed to doing this work now. So now you have to do it. You have to put your money where your mouth is basically. And <laughs> that's what's required. And like, I'm telling you, if we don't, if we don't just decide that we're doing this and then step forward into it in whatever capacity we're capable of doing, but also like with a stretch that makes us uncomfortable and gives us incentive to follow through, then we're just going to sit around and cycle around forever in our old patterns until they are literally taken away from us. 
by the changes that we are witnessing around us right now. So why not just like, you know, get, get with, get with the forward momentum of this evolutionary journey we're experiencing collectively and, and step onto your path powerfully now and know that it's going to be uncomfortable. And that doesn't mean that you're making the wrong decision. Yeah. Comfort is your enemy. And this is not my quote, but I'll just say this, that if you want to do something and you're feeling the pull to do something and what's holding you back is a cost, what you need to actually evaluate is the cost of being in the exact same place that you are right now, one year from now. Because whatever quote unquote cost or amount of money that's holding you back right now in this moment, <laughs> the play, being in the exact same spot in 365 days is going to cost you way more. It's going to be way, way more to, to just stay the same and to be like, oh, I could have started a year ago. Like I keep telling myself like, oh, since I haven't started, that's not why I haven't made it to my goal. But then you keep not starting. That was always something that I kept thinking. I'm like, oh, you know, I, I didn't get into the coaching space, you know, before it blew up. So therefore, why even start? But like, it's just now start. Like it actually is just now starting. So don't believe the lies that your ego tells you about what you're pop- what you're capable of in terms of not just not just skills or learning or in your business, but also what you're capable of manifesting when it comes to the money that you need to invest in yourself. And yeah, it does take putting your money where your mouth is for you to actually make shit happen because if you do get something for free you don't appreciate it and and that I I just know that for myself like if I sign up for a free master class by somebody chances of me going or watching the replay are like very small (laughs) but if I paid you bet your ass I'm gonna be there live you know what I'm saying There's a different energy when you pay to play. And so don't sell yourself short by like only doing things that are free. Like, like trust yourself enough to go all like whole ass in. (laughs) When you, when you stay in your comfort zone and you like at all costs, you're like, no, I'm staying in my comfort zone. What you don't realize is that you become complacent and then you can't grow and you can't expand your reach or your impact or your income. Like that's it. You're just, you are where you are. Nothing is actually going to land in your lap or be delivered to you on a silver platter. You have to go get it. And to me, rising into a higher octave of yourself, which is what I call goddess status, is how you expand in every way possible. And so if you're feeling like, yeah, I want to I want to be the the best version of myself, then do whatever it takes to get on that path and to get on that journey and don't wait. Totally. And and I'll like the final thing that I'll say about it too is that 
I had this message come through, this transmission come through a while ago that is, you know, it's, it is the sorceress journey. But one piece of that transmission was like, we have a responsibility to do this. We have, so, you know, whatever, if you're listening and you're like, okay, but yeah, okay, great guys, but I'm not actually an entrepreneur. Well, all right, fine. But you have some growth edge that is your next, you know, it's the next step for you to truly liberate yourself from the ways that we have been, you know, kind of like, like we've all been hijacked and we have a responsibility to step into that. We have a responsibility to do it, even when it is uncomfortable. Because the time has come now where, you know, we, we are, we're reclaiming a lot of power and we are learning to channel a lot of power. And so, you know, spending our money, spending our life force energy, our creative manifestation potential on, you know, safe decisions within a framework of feeling victimized by the false matrix that is I'm trying to think of exactly how to put it without also sounding like offensive and rude, but it, it's like, that is playing into exactly what they want us to do. I mean, just look at Neo. Yeah. When right? he, when he, when he came out of the, when he came out of the, you know, whatever the fuck it's called, that was uncomfortable as fuck. Like, can you even imagine you're like in a fantasy simulation where like, everything tastes amazing and like you know life is great and then all of a sudden you're like in the fucking end of the world in a crazy ship and you're like whoa this is reality like that shit's uncomfortable yeah wake up everywhere exactly but you know what what would you rather do like be player one or in like god mode or just like be a copper toss for the rest of your life hundred percent so no good mic drop <laughs> and i don't say that i say that with love yeah that was Kali. <laughs> yes with so much love and the recognition that you know the the things that hold us into the false matrix feel very real and very intense and it is hard to emancipate ourselves but the time is now, if not now, when? Totally. Yeah. Well, goddess, I love you so much. I, I love you. I loved having this conversation with you and just hearing, yeah, more about you and your journey and what brought you to be the powerful, badass, priestess, goddess, sorceress that you are now, that I know and love now. <laughs> so, thank you for having me. I love you so much too. And it's truly like, a joy to serve you and support you. You make it easy. <laughs> that is huge smile. You can't see it, but my smile is so huge right now. And thank you, beautiful listeners, after we, you know, kind of like barraged you at the end there. Hopefully you felt like it was a, a motivational barrage of, you know, goddess fierceness. But as always, I just appreciate that you're here with us at all and that you're listening and you're present and you are open to any of these concepts. And the power of your currency is your attention is everything. So thank you and have a beautiful day or night wherever you are, my friends. And I will catch you on the next episode. 
Whether you are just starting out on your spiritual awakening journey or you're ready to dive deep into activating your psychic gifts, I have a complete store ready for you to learn all the things that you are looking for answers to. I have light codes to upgrade and calibrate your consciousness. I have a class on the first 13 dimensions, a class on dark entities, a class on the human ego from a multidimensional perspective, and powerful modules and bundles on psychic activation with more classes and courses being added all the time. In fact, I just added three classes about the Christ light frequency and the holographic field that have been selling like wildfire. And I get a ton of messages from people who appreciate this content. I truly love to serve you all. And I do my best to translate all the downloads and transmissions I receive from the Akashic Records into this library of information for you. You can find it all at amybelair.com store. Enjoy.